This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Bez, what do you love? Well, John, it's a new sponsor and I'm loving it. For me, double quarter pound a meal. What are you having? Oh, it's got, got to be the chicken nugget share box. To myself, there's no sharing. But to myself, that goes without saying. But what dip? Oh, barbecue. It's a barbecue dip. Yeah. But where can people get it? So, yeah, where can you get it? You can order via the McDonald's app. Um, It's via participating restaurants only. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. So see McDonald's.com for full details. Welcome to the Ale and Vale podcast. It's Sunday the 26th of March. It's half seven at night. We're a touch early. And it's just a two-man pod tonight. I'm joined by Johnny. How's your game, Johnny? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Everyone's um, everyone's enjoying the Sundays, aren't they? Some more, some a bit more than others. Um, so. Yeah. Sadly, the last time he came on the pod, he made he made a uh, promise and kept it. He did. But I, th- I think this time it means he's got. Surely he's got to donate now. Yeah, I think he has. When he listens to this, Amos, you should be on. You're not get sponsorship in. Yeah, even though you're running it, you've got a sponsor yourself now. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And on the sponsorship, over 600 quid now. So thank you very much. And we'll talk about that more on Thursday because it's only two weeks today. In fact, two weeks today, it'll have been done and dusted by now. Yeah, and we'll we'll have done the... I'll do the review of the the run for you from the sidelines. Yeah, that sounds like a plan. So. does sound like a plan. So, as it's me and you, Johnny, hopefully it should be a fairly shortish podcast and we can just get on to the game. So, yesterday, Vale played Portsmouth. Uh, 2-0 up at half-time, ended up drawing two all. So, taking that into account, you're disappointed with the points, aren't you? But, let's be honest, cold hard lie today. You'd have snapped his hand off for a point before kick-off, wouldn't you? Yeah, that, that, the, the disappointing thing, more than anything, was that... Throughout the performance, two players made two mistakes in the game and we got punished for them. And it's really bad because both of the players that, that made the mistakes had, had decent games as well. Yeah. So, like, it's it's kind of like, do you know when you play that, that, that team that is just better than you technically, you know you're going to get punished for them, for their mistakes, don't you? You've got to make sure that you're 100% spot on. 
Um, so it's just, it is a little frustrating with that, but you, there's there's no point dwelling on, like say, because for me it was two mistakes. I think other than that, pretty much the team were spot on. Were they brilliant? No, far from brilliant, but we we were very we were very good for 65 ish minutes, and then yeah, it just fell apart a little bit, but not because. Not not because of any reason other than, let us say, a bit of effort and quality. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. And I, I don't think as we go through the players, there'll be anyone that you go, they've had a bad game. Because I think everybody had a good game yesterday. Like you say, perhaps no one was spectacular, but everyone had a good game. Everyone did the jobs well. And as you say, just two errors. But on the flip side, Portsmouth are probably saying the same about our goals. It's two errors that have led to it. Yeah, and that, and that's it, isn't it? It, it? I suppose when you look at all four goals, that Taylor's first one was very, very shoddy defensively by them, and you'd be fuming if our centre halves did that. Yep. And the second one, yeah, you, you'd hang, we'd be hanging stone out to dry right now, wouldn't we? So, yeah, yeah, um, uh, and we'll get on to stone because we definitely won't be hung out dry tonight for me. So, and I'm sure he won't for you either. Because he had a great game. I said quite a few of them, to be fair. But as you say, four goals avoidable. But to be honest, at half time, I felt as though we were value for the 2 0. I really did. And then, obviously, second half, they come pushed on. And as you say, two mistakes. But let's get into it. Portsmouth 2, Vale 2. Vale took the lead eight minutes through Matty Taylor. Then Funzo Ojo on 39. Portsmouth made it 2 1 on the 67th minute through the second penalty of the day which Colby Bishop pushed this one away after Stone saved the first one. And then Michael Jacobs on 70 minutes. The stats for the game, Portsmouth had 57% possession to Bales, 43. Total shots, eight for Portsmouth, five for Vale. On target, four for Portsmouth, three for Vale. So, you know, Portsmouth on stats shaded it. Did they shade it from in the ground? I'm not quite sure. I thought, to be honest, when you take a step back, I think a draw was probably a fair result when you're in the ground. Yeah, I think they had they had a lot of possession, but that was mainly due to us dropping in and being in shape, wasn't it? After we went two up, so yeah, yeah I think on on the chances they they probably had the better of them that weren't goals, um, especially in the second half. Stoney made a cracking save with his feet. Yeah, um, but apart from that, I don't actually remember either keeper making another save that was from fr- from the opposition. Stoney made a cracking save from Sammy Robinson. Yeah, um, but you know, like I, I, I don't remember either keeper having to make another save. Yeah, no, you, you think all oh, that's a cracker. I'm with you, and that's exactly what I was going to say, and you beat me to it. So before kick off, you message me. Big game for Sammy, right? Centre-back's going to be a fun one to watch. And I think it was, mainly for the right reasons. And we'll talk about him when we get to him. Everything else is pretty sound based on fitness. And I think, yeah, we'd probably all agree with that before the game and probably still agree with it after the game. Yeah, I think um, at the minute, that's our, that, that was our best 11 that we put out to start. So, Yeah, can't, can't argue with that. And then, Johnny, carry on, talk about... Clark, the coaching staff there, rating and obviously subs tactics on the day. It's a six for Clark, mainly because I think 
substitutions cost us. And this has happened the last couple of weeks now where not just not just costing us points, it's level of performance. Proctor Proctor is a visible downgrade on Harrison. And he doesn't do the 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 work in our box that Harrison does. And I think I know that Harrison gave away the penalty and whatnot, but Harrison wins 99% of his headers in our box and probably wins the majority of the headers in our box, like not just his own, but in, in total. And then when he goes off, Proctor doesn't come back and do that job the same. And I just felt like the second goal was avoidable if, not if Harrison was on, but if we had the right people in the right places, because I just... I, I, I don't know. I just, we're a small side, so we need when we defend set pieces, we need the the bigger players back to help out. And I just don't think that Proctor does that the same as as Harrison does. And Willow is nowhere near the same sort of player as Matty Taylor. So so we instantly lost that that bite and that snap. Um, we know it takes Willow a few weeks get him, get get back up to speed and stuff like that. And we we know that that only happens with games, but it's just frustrating with with both of the sub strikers that you, you kind of you kind of sit and think, well, actually, would 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 Dennis have made a difference in terms of to carry on the press instead of Willow, or is was there something else we could have done? And the answer is probably no, because you look at the bench and there's five attacking players. Derek and Jack Stevens. So actually, is there much else we could have done to and, and that's probably a no. We need we're protecting Harrison still, we're protecting Taylor. I, it was just a little frustrating that the drop was visible. Yeah. Yeah, I get what you're saying, and that as you say, we've got different sorts of strikers, haven't we? Because I think Addison and Proctor as you like for like replacements, however. Harrison is more of a flick it on, run after it. Whereas I think Proctor will try and bring it down to his chest and look after it, which yesterday didn't quite happen. A few bounced off him, etc. And then, as you say, Matty Taylor or Ratlam and get into him, whereas Willow tries to get on the ball and create. So, although people think they're like for like, they do different jobs. Yeah, see, see I think, I, I honestly think Matty Taylor can play with all three of the strikers. Yeah. Whereas. I think Willow Willow can Willow plays better with Harrison. Proctor probably would play better with Harrison. And Matty Taylor plays better with Harrison. Do you know what I mean? So I think it, it's it's one of them situations where we kind of we haven't we haven't got the replacement for Matty Taylor, which is weird because obviously we only got him in January and we we knew that we had a striker issue, but I wouldn't have thought at January, well, a month after, I'd be saying when Matty Taylor comes off after 60 minutes, things change. Mm. And that's just how it feels at the minute of, actually, things are changing as soon as he comes off. We we feel a bit slower and a bit weaker and a bit, just, yeah, just a bit, a bit nicer when he comes off. I think that's the other thing. So yeah, it's just that that's the only thing at the minute which is frustrating. But do you know what? We're gonna have to see this out now till the end of the season, which is 
which is fine. Um, and I do think that it's going to be a big summer for strikers amongst other positions. Yeah, I think it'll be a big summer across the club and that'll be one to look at later and we'll get into that. We'll do it here, Ref Watch. I'm sure people will be interested on this one. It's a weird Ref Watch for me because I've seen some of the big decisions back and I can see why he's given and we'll get into them. However, it was clear that he was a homeboy, absolute homeboy and any 50-50 went Portsmouth's way. I don't feel as though we've really made that many bad tackles during the game, if any. And we've ended up with five in the book. They haven't had one in the book. My prime example here of where it feels as though we were treating the sides different and argue about Johnny if you want, but this is my prime example. The ball goes out for a goal kick leading to our second goal. Donnelly, whatever he said, I don't know, but he hasn't got in the ref's face. He hasn't been aggressive. He said something, bang, yellow card straight away. And if he said something wrong, fine. It's a yellow card. However, Portsmouth players are getting in his face. Colby Bishop from minute one was getting in the ref and liner's face. Hasn't been booked. So if you're booking one player for saying something, do it both ways. Sammy Robinson's yellow card for me wasn't a yellow card. It was a foul. I'm not going to say it wasn't a foul. It was. But the Portsmouth lads ran across him and gone down to win the foul. Sammy Robinson hasn't gone in, made the tackle. That's not a yellow card for me. Smithy, when he gave the penalty away, we'll talk about the penalties now. Is it worth a yellow card? Maybe he feels as though he's got to giving the penalty. My instinct in the ground was I didn't see it, Johnny. I don't know if you saw it in the ground, but I was following the ball. But what I noticed is no Portsmouth player appealed for it and no Vale player reacted like there could be a penalty. And normally, as I've said on here a few times, as a ref, you can kind of judge by a player's reactions. No Portsmouth players appealed for that. However, Portsmouth have been in the refs here from minute one, saying watch Nathan Smith for sheer pulling and pushing. So he's obviously, he's been on to it. And when he's talking to Colby Bishop right at half time, I don't know if you saw it, Johnny, right in front of the away end, he's laughing and joking with Colby Bishop. I didn't see yeah. him laughing and joking with any Vale players. He was, he, he was he shook his hand is what I noticed. Yeah, and this is just after he gave the ball coming off. Yeah, no, it was actually the one I saw. That was probably another one then. The one I saw was when he gave them a corner after they'd missed the penalty. And he was kind of, I was sat near the young Portsmouth fans in that corner. Yeah. And it was right in front of me. And he gives Portsmouth a corner. He starts, and the thing, the ref actually went to Colby Bishop to have this laugh and joke with him. Oh, I didn't, I, I didn't notice that, Paul. And do you know what? Sunday morning, I'm all for the refs having a rapport with the player and doing it. And I'm all for it in the Football League if they're doing it with both sets of players. But the second a Vale player looked at him, he got the yellow cards out. Portsmouth players could get up in his face. Nothing. On the penalties, Johnny, seen the first one back. I can see why he's give it, but I think it's soft. I think if you're giving that, you're giving ten a game. Probably nine uh, against Smithy. Yeah, but I, I think I think for the first one especially, I th- I think it's more the the prolongedness of the foul rather than what he's actually done, because I've seen a replay where you see as the corners coming in. Like as the corner takers coming, you see Smithy grab hold of his shirt. Then, as the lad runs, the lad shakes Smithy off, and Smithy tries to grab hold of him again, and just nudges him. So, 
I don't know if it's because of the whole action that the refs decided, well, actually, you've started there, you've ended there, so I'm giving it. But it's it's soft, it's very soft. It's it's like them that the Premier League started a few years ago and then after a couple of weeks stopped. Um is it a penalty? Yes. On with the caveat of everyone's got to be given. Yeah. And that's I, I think that was the the negativeness of it for me was that everyone wasn't given. There was there was a lot of soft free kicks that were given for both sides, more so Portsmouth, but Matty Taylor in the second half won a couple of the soft ones where he just stopped, shoved his arse into the defender and hit the deck. Um, a bit like Pet does every week, sort of thing. But yeah, the the first one's definitely soft. Yeah, and then the second one, my instinct in the ground was Addison's dived in and give the ref a decision making. It's a stupid thing doing. I think he was trying to make up for his poor touch. In the ground, I thought he's made no contact with him then. The Portsmouth lad's thrown himself down. In fact, I thought the ref was going to book him for diving. Seen it back. I can't quite tell whether he's made contact or not. But what I will say is, it was silly for Harrison to go in because he knows he's giving the ref a decision to make. But I think the Portsmouth lad's made the most of it. And I will caveat that. I fully expect if it was in the other penalty box, a Vail player would try and make the most of it. And I'd be disappointed if they didn't. Yeah, the second one. The second one for me is a penalty all day long. I think, regardless of contact, and I know we had this discussion after the game, but I think regardless of contact, Harrison's dived in, and it's it's silly. It was but silly. It, it, it's it, it for me. It's a penalty, um, and you can't you can't argue about that one. And I know some people will, but for for me, like like you've just said, if that's that's an hour box. You, you're screaming blue murder if it's not given. Yeah, we want it. I still think the Portsmouth lads made a meal of it. And as I say, I fully expect ours will, so that's not a knock on him. If there's no contact for me, what you've got to look at is, has he impeded the run? I think the Portsmouth lad has just thrown himself over. I've given uh, a penalty. I'll be honest, I've given a penalty before where there's no contact. But the, when I've given it is when a player's kind of hurdled over the defender, it stopped his run, and then the keepers come out and gather the ball because it stopped the player's run. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. I think, for, for, for me, I think the bit of it why I think it's a penalty is because if Harrison doesn't dive in, the lad's, the lad's got the ball, potentially got the ball fully under control. The minute Harrison dives in, he's got to knock it past him. And he's probably hoping to get clattered. It was because he was going nowhere, was he? Yeah. And and because he didn't get clattered, he's had to go. He's had to go down as if to say, oh, "I've I've I've hit the ball too far away from me. I'm, it's now not under control. So I've got to hit the deck." But I think he's right too because one of my pet peeves about refereeing in general is that players that stay on the feet don't get rewarded for staying on the feet. Agree. Agree. Um, and I think this is why you see theatrical dives rather than natural natural ones. I think if, if refs started giving penalties when a player stayed on his feet and, and tried to, and I know that's odd because advantage and stuff like that then comes into play a bit more, but I, I, I just think that's why you see people throw themselves to the ground. If, for that instance, 
you know, you know, if Harrison throws himself in, the lad tries to take a touch and it hits Harrison as he's throwing himself in, and the ref still give a penalty. People would be fuming because of obviously that they say Harrison's won the ball or whatnot, but it, it it probably should still be a penalty. But you've got to go down to get one in the box, so that's why we see that sort of thing, in my opinion, and, and like. Obviously, there's the people that disagree, but it's just yeah. one of the, my pet peeves. Is honesty, honesty gets you nowhere in football. No, I, I agree. But the ref couldn't wait, given especially the first one, he couldn't wait, given oh, yeah. for me, proper own boy, favoured the own crowd, the own team. I can't say he got intimidated by the crowd because I thought their crowd was shite, if I'm totally honest. I thought they were yeah. quiet as anything, bar when they equalised for about three minutes and then they went quiet again. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen a couple of people on Twitter saying how good their fans were, and it's... Really? Yeah, and I was just a bit surprised by it, because I thought... You know, don't get me wrong, but the, when they equalised, that's probably the loudest fans I've, I've heard all season. Yes! When they equalised. But the, the, they then sang Play Up Pompey, and then that was it. So I was just, I was just a bit disappointed in them. Do you know, like Pompey have got a reputation for being a good set of fans, mm. and I just didn't, I, I, I didn't have that feel. But no, Sheffield, like, they were library and Derby was too. Yeah, felt like a club that maybe they don't get up for playing against Little Old Port Vale. There was maybe a bit of that, and when you see their fans, I know Josh has put a video out of their fans in the pre-match predictions and you know what i've seen a few people biting back because they were predicting a three nil or four nil to be fair i predicted three nil portsmouth yeah so, well, so, so you know what i mean they did expect to turn up and win and i don't blame them for that the former fa cup winners premier league side yes they win the same league as them now but you look at the two squads and you'd expect them to win so i'm not going to knock them for that but maybe they come in with a bit of an arrogance and a bit of a slip old port available just roll them over and maybe the fans didn't we've been there at Vale haven't we let's be honest the Derby's at home the Ipswich at home cracking atmosphere we've had some games at home maybe your forest greens and that where the atmosphere's been a bit flat yeah so maybe there's been that but overall ref three out of ten for me I thought he was very poor favoured the home side and the thing is he started really well for the first 10-15 minutes I thought we've got a good ref here and then he just completely favoured Portsmouth I don't know if you know, he likes Harry Redknapp or what, but whatever it was, he favoured them. That's enough on the ref, Johnny. Let's get yeah. it. And on, on the fans, just quickly, fantastic following from Vale, all the way down there, nearly 800. And we made a noise from first minute to last. Yeah, we did. And I think I think that's the, the thing, isn't it? You know, like, the fans were brilliant. I think the team responded to that as well. And we're, we're, very, we're very fickle football fans, or so... The team plays well. We'll we'll back them, and you saw at the end the players coming across. Pretty much everybody stayed. So, Flickers, there's there's your answer. Do you know what I mean? People people respect performances, and I know like you said about your dad and stuff like that at home. There is there is some differences home and away, but people respect performances. You put in that performance, and there's, there's there's very few arguments. And I know some people on Radio Stoke have said some daft things i um, don't listen anymore and if carl listens to this give your head a wobble lad and dude, that's what i mean like but like there's some some daft things said but the majority of the fans stayed clapped clapped them off sang the names you know what i mean so clark he'll be 
not happy because obviously he's thrown away a 2-0 lead, but he'll, he'll know that he's done the majority of what, what they can do to send us home happy. Yeah, and we've always said it, and I think everyone knows, with Vale fans, win or lose, you'll get a good reception if the fans feel as though you've put a shift in. If they don't think you've put a shift in, that's when you'll get booed off. And I yeah. don't agree with booing off after one bad performance. Cumulative bad performances is always going to get it. One bad performance, I don't agree with it. It happens. It's football. You don't play well for 46 games a season. But as Vale fans, look at the Ipswich. They all got a standing ovation after the Ipswich game. We lost. Yeah. There's been some games we've won where perhaps he didn't get a standing ovation because we weren't very good. But that's football. All Vale fans ask. And to be fair, it's a potteries thing. It's a working class area. I know down the road, them shit, they're the same. They just want hard working players that put the best in. And that's what we got yesterday. And let's get into the players. Let's see if we've got the same man in the match because we haven't spoke about it. I think we might have. And let's start in goal number one, my man of the match, Aidan Stone. Oh, so we've got different man of the matches. Oh, there we go. Then my man of the match, Aidan Stone, thought he was faultless and I thought he was fantastic yesterday. Yeah, I think, do you know what? He's, his kicking was good. He made the penalty save. wasn't brilliant penalty save, but he saved a penalty. He's, he's had to readjust his body really well because he's gone, he's gone to obviously save it in the corner where you expect a penalty to go. Bishop's... I, I I initially thought scuffed it, but I don't actually think he has. I think that's his technique because the second penalty was pretty much a mirror image of it. So Bishop's done that, and then Stones made himself almost smaller in order to save it, and it was a good save. Any penalty saves a good save, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then he's saving the second half with his feet, and then the one from Sammy Robinson, um, the header. I really don't know what Sammy was thinking, but. Um, it shows that he can head a ball, so game in the box down the other end because he put that perfectly bottom corner. Um, yeah, Stoney, Stoney was almost faultless, and he he's probably frustrated as Ali hasn't saved the second penalty because he probably dives too well for that one, um, and it just sneaks under him. So yeah, real good performance from Stoney. Eight, eight out of ten. Um, yeah, and that that's 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 a catalyst now for a lot of people. I I I'd reckon because obviously I we we've said it, that he's he's the number one now till the end of the season. But I think still a lot of people haven't trusted him and not and I get it. Do you know what I mean? I, I, do I, get, do. It. I but, get it. We've said the same. Yeah, we have. But and what I, I will say is for me that was a really solid League One goalkeeping display. Yeah, if you played like that every week, a lot of people would be saying we don't need a first choice goalie for next year. I know they won't after one game, so this is not me going call off the search. We found a new number one. Yeah, but if he plays like that every week, you'd have no problem with that being your league one goalie every week at all. And that that's it. Now he's got what another seven eight games now, and if he puts in that for the next seven or eight, it's gonna it's gonna seriously ask some questions. Agree, agree. Like I say, my man of the match, not yours, but 8 out of 10 says we both agree a really good game for him. Yeah. Let, next, moving on, you mentioned him there, right at the back three, and it's just you going through now, Johnny. I'll tell you if I agree or disagree, <laughs> as we haven't got a second opinion, well, a third opinion. Right at the back three, it is to you, Sammy Robinson. He's just, he's, he's a bit of an enigma, isn't he, Sammy? Because he's, what, 21? 
He's played in three different positions at Vale already. He's been absolutely awful and absolutely delightful to watch in the same game sometimes. Yeah. Um, but this performance was one of, it was mature, especially as soon as it is when he got booked early on in the first half. What well, early on, about 30, was it about 30 minutes in? But, but I've just looked, Vale's three centre-halves. I've clocked yesterday all three centre-halves were on a booking at half-time and we hadn't really got a centre-half bring on. I know Daddy was on the bench, but, you know, well, after I, last I, week. Go I, backed, I backed a red card and a Portsmouth win at half-time yeah. at 85-1 to because I was like, do you know what? This ref's itching and the first chance he gets, he's going to send someone off, which actually bottled, I think, because Go on. free kick, well, the free kick that Sammy gave away in the second half that led to their goal... Probably yes. as I can't remember it to be fair. May but I thought Sammy's first yellow was very, very soft. It was a free kick, but nothing else. But I've yeah. just looked the time that he booked the Vale centre halves was 39, 41, and 43. So yeah. in six minutes he's booked all three defenders. And I can't remember Donnelly's booking. Sammy Robinson there, lads ran in front of him. And Sammy's tripped him, but there's no intent or nothing. It's just a coming together. And it's yeah, a free don't... kick, it's not a booking. Smithy's I think is soft, I'll be honest, but I think he feels yeah. like he's got booking to give the penalty. Go on, because I can't remember Donnelly's. Well, Donnelly's was the one where he shouted at him as uh, when, when oh, he, yeah. he thought he already spoke about it. Yeah. yeah. But he's let Portsmouth players shout at him for the entire game and then boot Donnelly. And like I say, I'm not defending Donnelly because as a referee, players shouldn't shout at you. But if you're booking one set of players for shouting at you, you boot the others. You don't go up and have a laugh and joke with them when they shout at you. It all depends on what's said, doesn't it? If 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 he's called him a cheat, for example, then well, if he's called him a cheat, it's a red. That's not a yellow. That's a red. What fair? You call a ref a cheat. That's worse than calling him a CU next Tuesday. That's the worst thing you can call a referee. So if you've called him that, that's a red card. You straight off. Right. Okay. Fair enough. So, but yeah, so he's booked all three within six minutes. And as you say, I thought he was, we were going on with 10 men. And I thought, Christ, if he sends Smithy off, we've got a defensive crisis here. Although listening to Clark's interview after the game, it sounds as though Will Forrester was touch and go and could be back for next week. So that's a plus as far as defence goes. And he said yeah. the same about Gadsy, so fingers crossed. But yeah, carry yeah. on with Sammy. Yeah, with, with Sammy, do you know what I mean? Like, his performance is everything a Vale fan wants to see. Because... The one where he where he heads the ball when he's lying on the floor, that is enough to endear a player to a Vale fan for life. Yeah, because we just that's the, like you like you said, the working class, the effort, the the putting your body on the line sort of situation, and that's what he's gone and done. So so that's enough for anyone. His little banter with their fans and stuff like that, like strangest set of fans I've ever seen. The two 0 down and they're keeping the ball and they're throwing and expect, expecting Sammy get riled by it and he's yeah. just laughing at him and he's like he then starts tapping his tapping his wrist as if to say it's your time and I think Sammy's probably the worst player on our team to to do that to because I reckon he's got that horrible mank accent going on and he'll proper wind them up but on his performance it was cultured because like I say he didn't get dragged into the red card situation when he easily could have. I think he defended well. I don't remember a time where he was beat in the air and their lad was six foot plus. I don't, I, he's quick. He adds a bit of needed pace 
to, to, to the back four. And he didn't do anything stupid either. And by stupid, I mean that he's prone to little flicks and tricks, isn't he? Because he's got that in his locker when he's at wing back. You see him, he'll, he'll do a Cruyff turn in an area where you think, please, Sammy, just whack it up the line and get us out. He did that once. And I remember it because I thought, Sammy, not there. Because I'm agreeing with everything you've said. I thought Sammy had a real good game, a fantastic game at right centre-back for somewhere we haven't seen him a lot. There was only a couple of things, and this has been ultra-picky, and it has been ultra-picky. One was he was on he was on the touchline in front of their 10-year-old fans that were trying to wind him up. Yeah. Um, and he tried to do a Cruyff turn and lost the ball, but luckily I think Smithy come across and covered for him. But he did lose the ball once. But he didn't do it again. And for a 21-year-old lad, the go make mistakes, learn from it, and he did. And the only other thing being ultra-picky, but I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, because he hasn't played there a lot, right, centre-back, as a couple of times he was just slightly out of position, they managed to chip the ball over him, but because of his pace, he recovered well. And like I say, if he played there going forwards, I'd have no issue as long as Will Forrester wasn't fixed. I love Will Forrester there. Yeah, I, and I just think with Sammy, you've got it. We we like people have got to give him a bit of credit because like I said third position, second second different position within the space of probably two games for him as well. So it's not it's not it's not easy for him, um, and he is so young. It's professional football, so re- real good for Sammy. Seven seven out of ten, and he's he's enough of it. I think it's got a string. String these performances together now because we had a brilliant Sammy Robinson performance and then we had the Morecambe performance after, didn't do you know what I mean? So, yeah, he's got to string a bit of consistency. And I get that his age is partly to do with that, but he's got to string a bit of consistency. And I, I'd be this, this is going to sound really harsh on Donnelly now, but I'd be excited to see a, a Robinson Smith. Forrester back three at some stage mm. and that's nothing to do with how Forrester uh, Donnelly played yesterday it's just going forward them three are our players yeah uh, no I get that I get that and Forrester has said he's played most of his career at left centre back so if you're wondering who's going where he can go left centre back Sammy right centre back and if Sammy can string some games together that could be about three for next season yeah it could be or so, but for me, I still do want a six foot two to six foot four centre off in there next season. But we'll see. Yeah, and that's it. But I, I just think like it's it's one of them things that just would be interesting if he can string the performances together. Do you know he could play against Cambridge and I said have they still got eye inside? And but if they have, he could literally rip him rip him to pieces. And you think never want to see him at centre off again. It's yeah. fun, funny old game isn't it, football. But based on that one ninety minutes, I I wouldn't. I wouldn't bat an eyelid now if Sammy starts there on Saturday. No, I wouldn't, to be fair. Unless Forrester's fit and ready, and then I put him straight back in. But I love Will Forrester. Moving on, centred off, middle of the three, gave the penalty away, and we've talked about that. Smudgy. Yeah, Smithy did something yesterday that I've, I've not seen him do for a while, and that's absolutely hammer someone with a tackle. In the first half, he absolutely went through someone, won everything, and it's it was one of them tackles that gets you on your feet and going, this lad's up for up for war today, and we don't do that enough. And then Sammy did one um, in the first half after that, and it seemed to pick everyone up. I remember so, Sammy's, I can't remember Smithy's. 
Yeah, Smith, you did one just a bit before it, and it was like, this is it, these lads are up for this. And I just thought that the penalty was, it's Nathan Smith, he puts his hands on you. If he hasn't got his hands on you, it's a worry. Like, what, what's like what's he up to? Where are the hands? Because he's going to attack you in some form or another in terms of pinching or pulling or whatever in any second. But once he'd got his book in, he, he learned from it. His hands weren't, he wasn't as handsy in the box. I'm not saying he wasn't because I, I do think that based on the first, he could have given another two or three away after that. But it, it's, it was just another... It was weird by the referee that that was. I don't know what made that one a penalty and others not. Um, but yeah, Smithy, typical Nathan Smith performance and solid six. Um, I do think that being ultra-critical, he could have done better to help out on the second one. Um, but yeah, it's, it was decent performance and i got no problems with him. Nothing else to add to that. Totally agree. Totally agree. Left of the back three then was young Adam Donnelly. Yeah, six for Donnelly. Solid. I think he's a bit. He was a bit loose in possession at a couple of times. He he kind of t- tried the Dan Jones raking pass, and I'm, I think it was from kickoff. He tried it twice, and it went about twenty yards, yeah. uh, and that with the wind behind him. Um, so that was a bit frustrating, but. Overall, defended well. Um, he was up against Owen Dale for a little bit, and then they swapped they swapped that round. And he he's another one that, whilst he's not changed position, I think I think he's got about the third or fourth left wing back he's played with. So it's 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 not easy. Thing things are you you do get to know your partner and stuff like that, and get to to know oh actually. X person likes doing this and whatnot, and it helps out. So, a settled team's obviously better. Uh, but yeah, it, it was it was all right. Like I've got no issues with him. Um, he's 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 maturing with each performance, which you'd expect. He's an eighteen-year-old lad, and he's the sort of player that if if we signed him permanently, a bit like we did with Cass next season. You'd say he's a good fourth, fifth choice centre off that will play pizza trophy games, League Cup, FA Cup, whatever, and do your five or six league games while people are suspended or there's a few Saturday, Tuesdays and stuff. And you wouldn't bat an eyelid for it. If he come in as first choice, on if he come in on loan again, you'd expect him to be in his first choice, and that'd be not a worry, but it'd be a signal of intent of. Lower, lower off finishes is more than acceptable again. I think he's going to get a lot better. Whether that's next season or the season after, I think he'll be a good League One player. Maybe, like I say, maybe not next season, maybe season after. But I think he's going to get a lot better. And he's learning with every game, as you say, he's maturing with every game. And for a young lad who's having his first taste of men's football, and he's, what, eight games in maybe, something like that? Yeah, about that, isn't he? He's doing well. I don't expect him to be as solid as, and I'm just using this name because he was at the club, Connor Hull, who's 28, 29, and got a lot more experience. I expect him to be a young lad that's learning, that's going to make mistakes, but it's how he recovers. And to me, 
he had a couple of bad games at the start, recovered well, and as you say, six out of ten, solid, nothing spectacular, but no issues with him at all. Yeah. Moving on then, right wing back, was he? I, I love was. He's brilliant, isn't he? Do you know, he, he does he does everything you want from a wing back. He's up and down. He, he, you forget he's like he's past thirty now, and like he's just. He seems like we've got Dave Worrell back. The, the, the sort of energizer bunny attitude, the the bit, there's just everything with him. He's just, he's just, he's just really good. And the more the closer it's getting, the more I'm worrying that we might not be able to convince him stay. And that's not because. He doesn't love it here because he said he does, but that's because he's getting older. He's going to want a bit more job security. And if, say, Salford don't come up or Stockport don't come up and they offer him a two-year deal and it's on his doorstep, is he going to be more inclined than risk a gamble at a one-year deal and then be 33, 34 and be looking for a club? So, How many years? Is this seven or eight years at Bale? Eight, I think. If it is... I'd give him a two-year contract with a second year. You can start doing some coaching. Even first year, do some coaching. And we'll please with that. To get you to the 10-year testimonial, he's earned it. He's earned it. And as you say yesterday, there was one. I don't know if you're about to pick up on it. But we cleared the ball down towards their corner flag. And their players stopped because they thought it was going out. And Waddle ran from nowhere, got there and kept it in. Yeah, and that's that's it. That's that. That was one of the examples I was going to use about him being, like you say, being the that energizer bunny and the the sort of the sort of effort and work rate that he puts in and demands from everyone else. I get your two year thing. I just think it'd be a risk at his age us doing that because you're going to have to put him on Dave Warrell money now for two years and that might not be the case in 12 months especially if he's going to start winding down and doing a bit more coaching um, and I know he does a bit with the under 12s or 13s at I don't Vail. think he does anymore I think if you listen back to interviews he did and then he stopped when Covid hit because obviously they weren't doing any and I don't think he picked it back up again listening oh, to the interviews Fair enough It's obviously something he wants to do then Yeah I think it was just a case of he never got round to picking it up again because things got so hectic with playing as often as they were again. Well, yeah, I, I say I'm 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 happy. I like him. So it it was it was a solid solid six. I don't think there was there, there wasn't anything overly spectacular from him, but it was a solid performance from him nonetheless. See, this is where I think Dave Waddle. It's Dave's Waddle's own worst nightmare. Yeah. Because it, it, if any other player played right wing back and put the performance he put in, you'd be giving them a seven or an eight. Yeah, yeah. I, but, I because, and I get what you're saying. There's nothing where you go, wow, he's just turned two men inside out, put one in the top corner or, you know, a last-ditch tackle and that. I think he's worth a seven yesterday. But again, I'd have probably, if Sammy Robinson played then, did what Waddle did, I'd have probably give him an eight. Yeah, we come to expect from Waddle. Probably. But yeah, I'm with you. It didn't put a foot wrong for me. Left wing back, come in. Big performance for me and he needed Mal Benny. Yeah, it was. And 
in the first half, the ball that he put in for um, Matty Taylor's goal, for example, was brilliant. Hard on low. He, he put in a couple of decent balls. He, he tracked well. He he got booked for probably the only one that was was a booking of the lot of them because he did absolutely pull yes. up when we were on the counter. He did, uh, and I remember that tackle going in. Now turned to Simcox next to him. I says he's booked when the ball goes out to play. Yeah, it, it's it's the only one I think the ref got right because yeah, it was a bad, it's not a bad tackle, but it yeah, was a wrong tackle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but overall. Six six out of ten. I thought he was good, solid, defensively helped out. Offensively was better um, than he has been in a while. Um, but still still a bit shy at times to, to get forward too much. And that could be tactically like, like I say, we, we don't know what Clark said, um, especially against Portsmouth, but he's done himself no harm in retaining that position and Long may that malbending continue because hopefully that couple of weeks out has really done him the world good. Yeah, fully with you. Thought he was not as good as we've ever seen him, but he was up there. He was very, very good, especially considering the performance he was putting in before he got dropped. Yeah, he was so, so solid. I think is is the best way to describe it. Yeah, solid and energetic for me. He did get up and down and, as I say, put the one in for the first goal. Put another couple of nice balls in where just no one got on the end of them for me. And a couple of times maybe could have backed himself, get in the box where was us putting balls in that went straight through and no one was there at the back post to tap him in. Yeah, no true. Yeah, moving on. Oldie midfielder yesterday. He's brilliant, isn't he, Tom Pet Carpet, man. Home choose carpet. Give Tom a call, but not tonight because he's pissed. And probably not tomorrow either, because you're gonna have a raging hangover. Yeah, so yeah. If, after two days on it. If you do, if you do about lunchtime tomorrow, give him a ring. Yeah. Tell him better, send you. Tom Pet. My, my man of the match yesterday again. Um, I can see eight it. Yeah, eight out of ten performance. It's it's a typical Tom Pet performance. Do you know what I mean? Like he does, he makes the midfield tick. Um, you you listen. I don't know. Have you listened to Rojo's interview? I have, and we won't talk about what he's allowed to do at home and what he's not. Well, yeah, we're not. We won't talk about that bit. But he he praises Pet really highly in uh, letting him basically saying he allows him to take the shackles off a little bit. Um, and you know what, Pet Pet for me does that. Pet's Pet's the linchpin of that midfield. He makes it all work. It it works well. They they complement each other at the minute, especially in Portsmouth game, a lot more than the Burton game. They they complemented each other. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I love Tom Pett. I think he's got that little turn in him where he wins the foul. He's got that low centre of gravity where he drops his shoulder and then goes the other way and really gets us out, out of a bit of trouble by doing it. He wins his tackles. He, he organises well. And, yeah, he's, he was just, I thought he was fantastic again. Yeah, I agree with you, and I can't argue with your choice for him for man of the match. Like I say, Stoney just picked him for me, but I can see why you've gone pet him. Another one, get him under contract for next season. Yeah, definitely. Because, what is he, 29, is he? I don't know. I, th- I think he might be 30. He might be just turned 30, but still, more than good enough for this league, get him under contract. 
Yeah, especially for next season. Oh, three, yeah. too. Is he? Yeah. Same age as Waterbot, although you will point out different positions. Yeah, he's 32, he just turned 32 in December, so. I didn't realise it's that old, but yeah, still, you get him under contract for next season. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd be, I'd, I'd say we'll we get one, one more year out of him, definitely. Yeah, at least, maybe two in that position, because you're not doing as much running as a wing-back, etc. Yeah. So, yeah, long may that continue. And moving on to Funzo Ojo, if he wants to do more at home of what he's allowed to do, get yourself over to Manscaped. Tell them Bez has sent you. Funzo Ojo. Stop, give, stop giving other, other companies <laughs> time. They're not paying us. They might be sending so, me a free one. Well, if they're sending you a free one, then they need to be sending everyone one. <laughs> no, they're not really. But, yeah, Funzo Ojo. Yeah, he was... He, one thing he is, is a liar. And I'm going to say that straight away. He came in at the start of the season telling us he likes winning the ball off and giving it to the footballers to play football. That's a blatant lie, Funzo. Because I think he's technically the best player in our team. It's think- either a lie or he's played with a lot better players than he's playing with now and he was the one that couldn't play. <laughs> well, yeah, or it's that, but... I'm, I'm saying he's lying. I, I'm I, I'm not putting down our squad like you are. I'm not horrible. No, he might be. <laughs> yeah, he might be. <laughs> but no, I'm with you. I'm with you. But yeah, I, I just thought, you know, from 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 his performance, energetic. He was asked to do the the sort of the Garrity role, the ratting, the 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 going and winning and closing down and stuff. And I thought he did it really well. I think you look at his goal where he took the. In the ground, it looked like a miss it from me. Um, but then watch it, watch the replay back, and it's a bloody good strike. Um, and he just, yeah, I'm really impressed by him. He's for me the first name on the team sheet in that midfield three. Um, in order, it'd be it'd be him, Garrity, Pet. Um, but you know what, like. He's just proving that he is he is quality, and I don't know if I don't know how, I don't know what happens going forward with the midfield, how how we sort of balance it out, um, because Conlon put in a really good performance yesterday, um, but yeah, I think Ojo is is the one for me that's that's a a little better than everybody else. No, I'm with you. That. And the strike, I thought it took a deflection of the ground just because the goalie was rooted to the spot. I thought, and you see it back and he just hit it that cleanly. And for those that went the Rochdale friendly at the start of the season, he showed us then he can hit balls because he put them in the top corner then. And what a strike it was. I mean, it sat beautifully for him, didn't he? And it come on to, it struck him well. But as you say, the rest of his game is just, he is a class above. He really is. Yeah, he is. And seven out of ten for Funzo. Um, he, he's probably going into that Warrell bracket of even with a goal and a, a decent performance that he, he feels like he might need to to do that little bit more than everybody else. But yeah, he's I'm I'm so happy that he's under contract next season. Um, yeah. He's he's definitely the one I think that we build a midfield ra- around. Yeah, no, I'm with you with that. I'm moving on to the captain, and you've already said he 
took the words out of my mouth. I thought it was one of his best games he's had this season, and I'm gutted in his involvement on their second goal, because I thought, apart from that, he was faultless. Yeah, um, tongue-in-cheek this is going to be, um, before anyone kills me for it, but shows why he doesn't use his right foot. Um, yeah, although he did play one down the line with his right foot in the first half. No, no, that's it. But yeah, I thought Tom Conlon had a brilliant performance, barring the shank. Um, but that happens, happens but, don't it? Yeah, it's you can't, you can't hammer him for that. He hasn't he hasn't passed it across the box. I mean, he hasn't. It wasn't a loose back pass. It was a trying to clear it, and he shanked it. It happens. Let's let's focus on the positives. That the ball, it felt like. He wasn't taking two or three touches to get the ball under control. Now, could that be because the pitch that they were playing on was a lot better? Possibly. But it's not just home games where Conlon's been bad. So, probably not. But I just just thought he kept things moving well. He was organising. He was spraying the ball around. He was getting... Kind of sharing that role with Funzo at times of getting... In between, do you know what I mean? Like, granted, it wasn't the best of touches for Ojo's goal, but he's put himself in there to to go and go and win the ball back, and it's felt kindly. But if Conlon doesn't put that work in to get there, then he doesn't he doesn't miscontrol it, and that Funzo doesn't have that effort, does he? No. So I just. After Amarim last week, and we all did, but I did more than the most, um, you've, you've got to put your hands up and say when someone's had a good game. I don't want to see him have bad games. I, I think he's I think he's quality, but he hasn't shown it in League One at all this season for me until yesterday. And that's a massive foundation now for him to kick on, especially if Garrity's fit, because... Garrity walks back in that midfield for me. But when Conlon's putting in a performance like that, it's going to make any manager think and go, actually, like, does he come back in? How do, how, how do we solve this problem now of potentially getting all four of them in? It's, it's a good conundrum because maybe Garrity sits on the bench and gets fully fit for a couple of weeks rather than throwing him in when he's 60, 70, 80%, whatever. And let's let's be honest, Garrity at 60% will still run his, run his arse off because that's the sort of player he is. But yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. And I'm happy that Tom's put that performance in because he, he needed it as much as we needed it. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think you saw at the end, he knew we'd had a good game. We'd come over to the fans and, you know, he'd come right over. I know all the players come over, he'd come right over and two. The applause run rightly so because he's had a lot of stick this year, rightly so. But yesterday, that's the Tom Conlon we want to see. And that Tom Conlon is more than capable of playing League One football. Yeah. But we need to see it more often, as we said with Sammy Robinson, you know, Mal Benning, now Tom Conlon. They need to put them performances in consistently now to the end of the season to give Clarkie something to think about when it comes to contract renewals. It is. And it's a good foundation, isn't it? Especially with eight games left. So. Yeah. Solid, solid, solid 7 out of 10 for Conlon. And I was really pleased with the performance. And Grant, some people might not think that because I've hammered him a lot. But yeah, I'm 
re, re, like he's a veiled player. He's local. He he's got the club's interests at heart. He's, so why wouldn't I want him to succeed? Exactly, and we want every player that pulls a veil shirt on to succeed. So, you know, yes, we call out sometimes when players have been bad. Gavin Massey, I want Gavin Massey to be excellent. He hasn't been, but I want him to be. We just call it out what we see. Moving on then, the front two, Alice Addison worked tirelessly, but gave a penalty away. Yeah, six for Alice because of the penalty. Um, because I think, whereas Conlon's error, mis- error mistake, I don't, I don't really want to call it a mistake, but whereas Conlon's involvement in, in, in their second was unavoidable, Harrison's was a, a decision made on a weak header. Now, in the first half, from a corner, this sticks out that he won the first header, went and won the second header, and then the third header, he just headed out for a corner because he'd actually won the two of them, but won them pretty shitly, um, which I don't mind because he's winning them, but they weren't, they weren't brilliant headers out or anything. And that's, that's the positives of Harrison. I just I think that he's so important in our box. Um, it, it's untrue. I've, I don't, I've never seen a striker so 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 good at defensive headers. Um, he seems to win everything, doesn't he? Um, but yeah, linked well. He, he had a big hand in our first goal by the flick on from Taylor into him. He then puts his foot in, the defender kind of shits out, because I think if the defender puts his head in there, the ref gives a free kick, because mm. his head, is, his foot is on the high side, but because there's no one around him, you can't give it. But if a defender ducks his head in for an header there, I think, fall down holding your face, I don't I don't agree with it, but fall down holding your face, the ref's giving a free kick, isn't he? Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, decent performance. It, it's... It's what you want from your foil. Um, but yeah, slightly, slightly marred by the penalty. Um, but what what we what I haven't said is, and I think it'd be a, a miss of us to say it, is that both him and Donnelly for the penalty Stone saved were bloody brilliant. Because yes, Stone, I was going to point that out. Yeah, Stoney saves it. Donnelly comes storming in, clears it anywhere, which is fine. And then Alice Harrison out jumps everyone to make sure it's gone out for a corner, um, yeah. and that 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 was excellent from both of them. So, yeah, it was. It's a shame that he gives the penalty away, but he he is a bit of an hothead. We've seen it. We we saw it at Oxford away, for example. It can be a bit petulant, um, but we've also all done it. We've also we we've all fucked up something and then tried to make amends for it and made it worse because that's what he did, didn't he? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was a bad first touch. He's got himself pissed off by it and then done something stupid. Yeah, Usually. He was he was well up for that game being his ex-club and I did hear a section of their fans booing him. Yeah. And he did miss that. To, to be honest, he missed the sitter in the first minute, didn't he, as well? Yes. Like he did really well, get through one on one, and then shanked it wide, and that was frustrating um, at the time because it felt like you you don't get many of them at Portsmouth. Yeah, and what I will say, I'm with you. Everything you said, spot on. He would have got more than six, was it not for the penalty? Because I thought yeah. it was 
one of his best games since he's come back from injury, if not his best game since he's come back from injury. Defensively, I think 99% of the corners when he was on the pitch, he won. They all just seemed to go to him, as you've pointed out. And I thought it was the best him and Matty Taylor have looked together as well. It's as though we all know the best mates off the pitch and they played together years ago. It's as though they clicked and they've re-established that connection on the pitch because I thought together they linked up really well. And yeah, Alice Addison was fantastic, but perhaps tried too hard, which is where he ended up giving the penalty away to bad touch. And then he throws himself in try and win it where, as if he stands up there, lad's probably got nowhere to go. But yeah. as you say, it's one of them things. He was trying too hard and it happens in football. Players throw themselves in and then have to go, shit, I shouldn't have done that. He's probably done the same. But yeah, I thought he was fantastic apart from that. But because of that, six is spot on. Yeah, and, that, and that, that's it. I think he'll be the first person walking in that dressing room yesterday saying, sorry, lads. Yeah, yeah, I think he will. I think he will. And moving on to his strike partner, as I said, I thought they linked up together really well yesterday. Got his goal, Matty Taylor, and obviously a massive hand in the second. Yeah, I think Luke Taylor Taylor's horrible. He's absolutely horrible to play against. He's always moving. He he's what five foot five foot ten? Would you say? Probably. Yeah, probably about that. Yeah, he's like five foot ten, and there was Raggett at the time. He was going up for headers with him. There, he knew that he wasn't going to win, but it means that he can't just bring it down or nod it back to the keeper or do something with it. Matty Taylor's jumping into him, doing that doing that running just past the defender just so they've got to think about what they're doing. He's, he's a quality striker and we, we kind of, I would love to see us sign him next season. I would love to see us sign him. I think he's the perfect foil to Harrison. I think what we then need to do is sign in a younger version of him. And there's the, I don't mean a 20-year-old that's scoring 20 goals a season. I mean a jack-in-the-box firecracker striker that's got that bit about him. A Kean Harrett-esque, not. I'm not advocating Kean coming back, but someone like him that's got that bit of unpredictability about him, that bit of pace and that youthful exuberance. Um, but... Taylor yesterday, 7 out of 10. It's poacher's finish for his goal. He's took it off his toes. He's he's harried and ratted and made the keeper put the error in. And he just, he's got 60 minutes in him. And I think that's the thing. I think after that, you saw that whether it's because he's older or because he has he, he did sign coming back from an injury and he's still working his fitness back, I don't know. Um, and that would have a big say in what the contract that I'd be putting on the table is next season. Because if it is, if it is age, it's a different question than it is injury. Um, but yeah, he's bloody brilliant. And it's, it's so good to see. I think it kind of reminds me, he's, he's obviously a different player, but he reminds me of Soji in terms of that he just runs around and he, he gets involved in stuff that he's got no right to get involved with a lot of the time. But He's, he's got such coolness inside the penalty area. And I know that at Fleetwood, he should have had an hat-trick, but it looks like that goal has spurred him on. And he's, he, I still think he'll hit 10 by the end of the season for us. So he's scoring in every game from now till the end of the season, in my I opinion. I say how many is he on now. Is he on two or three? Um, Fleet, Fleetwood yeah. yesterday 
He didn't score past Burton, did he? It was no. Harrison, Harrison and Proctor. So yeah, yes, it he was. Needs, yeah, he scoring every game between now and the end of the season. But that's fine because he's going. He'll, he'll score more than one in, in a, a game on that route. Yeah, I, I don't know if he'll get to ten, but I do think he'll have a game where he'll get more than one. And <clears throat> as you've said, I'd love us getting his proper shit out up front. Gives the defense no peace. He's always chasing, rattling. And as you say, got a goal, got a big hand in the second, although we won't get the assist for it. He's charged the keeper down. He did that all afternoon. And unlike some strikers, when he charges the keeper down, he doesn't duck when the keeper kicks it. He tries to make himself big rather than just going, well, I'll run at you and then I'll make myself as small as possible, like most strikers do. Yeah, it was, it was brilliant. I, like I say, I, I think I'll, 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 the connection, like you said, between the two of them, they, they seemed five yards closer together. Yeah. Which which is always helpful. And that was shown in the first goal and the fact that do you know what? Taylor won the first flick on Harrison and then both of them went towards the box. Yeah. So yeah, it was it, it there's a lot of positives from yesterday. What what there is there is and those that were having a meltdown at five o'clock, I get emotions are high, but it's a two-all draw at Portsmouth where we've played really well. And yeah, okay, playing really well doesn't get you three points. You've got winning, but it's signs of progress. And let's be honest, let's run we've been on at the moment. I know we've won, what, is it two and 12 or something like that now? There's been yeah. some real good performances in there. Bolton away, I know we lost great performance. There's been some bad ones as well. But if we were playing bad every week and losing, I'd be concerned. We've got the points on the board that gives you that little bit of a breather. We're now 10 points clear of relegation. With eight games go, that might be enough on its own. But we're getting pick points up between now and the end of the season. And now these players have got to go earn a contract for next season. Those that are out of contract. Those that are in contract, as Clark has said himself, have still got earned that they deserve to be in next season. And let's have a good end to the season. See how high up the table we can finish. Top half still in reach. We're only a few points behind 12. So that's yeah. got to be the eight. Yeah, I think I think that I think the other thing is that we've kind of we we we've almost flip reversed veil because ever since I've started been supporting us, we've struggled against the bigger clubs. Um, whereas it feels like this season, especially, you 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 look at it and we we've been to Plymouth and took three points. We've played Chef Wednesday twice and we've been beat by two wonder goals. Across the two games, we've two kips which all the way in in the home game. Let's see what happens away in a, in a couple of weeks. Barnsley, we we took a point from there, and we weren't great at home. Granted, Bolton, I think we were we were good in both games there when we probably should have won the home game. We beat Derby away and capitulated the last ten minutes at home. Because for 80 minutes against Derby, we were good. Peterborough, yeah. the less said about them, the better. Um, Wickham away, we were, we we beat, well, we, we drew, but I think we lost the points there ourselves by two goals that were avoidable. And then Portsmouth in in ninth then, all the way down to them in ninth of, we, we put in a good shift at home and away um, against Portsmouth. And, at home, we beat ourselves. We let Scarlett run through on goal and unchallenged. And then away, we were sloppy. This is a couple of sloppy 
like yeah, a couple of couple of sloppy decisions, shall we say, has cost us. So that's the top nine there, where we've 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 either taken points off or put in some real good performances, barring Peterborough. Yeah, no, I'm and, with you. and it's just consistency. We need put them levels of performance in every week now. Yeah, and that and that that's that's kind of what I was getting at in the fact of you then look below that and actually Exeter and eleventh we've put in two. A real poor performance away from home and a and a pretty poor performance at home actually. Like we weren't fantastic at, against Exeter, were we at home? But we won. Yeah. So that kind of changes people's opinions. Charlton at home, I don't think we were great against Fleetwood. First game of the season and the other week we weren't great, but we've taken four points there. And you you, you work your way down there and you go actually, we've I wouldn't say we've mastered the top half of the table. But we, we're getting ourselves up for the top half of the table, so we need we need to figure out the other bit now. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. As you say, plenty of positives from yesterday. Last rating of the day goes to Dicko for Coach One's entertainment. On the way down there, we watched 0203 goals of the season from Vale, which were good, followed by the first three episodes of season one of Phoenix Nights. And then on the way back, we watched the other three in all of season two. So 10 out of 10 for the entertainment and man of the match goes to Dicko. Man of the match goes to Dicko for the Phoenix Phoenix Knights. For Phoenix Knights. It was brilliant. I haven't watched it for years. What what goals stuck out in in the 03 season then? A.D. Littlejohn scored screamers. There was the Chef Wednesday Boxing Day. Yes. There was that one, um, Chef Wednesday at home, I think he scored a screamer as well, if I remember right. But as was pointed out, every time he scored, he took his shirt off. So that was obviously before it was a yellow card for taking your shirt off. That may have been the last season, actually. But the one thing that really stood out from it is the amount of goals we scored from crosses and players getting in the box and attacking the ball. And we don't seem to score a lot of them anymore. But there were great balls in the box. And it was McPhee, actually. It was the season McPhee got 33, was it, in all competitions? Yeah. And even McPhee, who's not the biggest, because the quality of ball in the box was great, he was getting on the end of them. And McPhee got 33. That's in Billy Paints, I think it was his breakthrough season. He scored double figures. I think Brooker ended on nine or ten. Mark Bridge Wilkinson scored a few screamers. Um, that was a couple of free kicks from Bridgie that season, wasn't they? I can't remember Fricks. I remember one a game at home where the goal is on the edge of his six yard box and the ball comes to Bridgie on the edge of the box and he chips him. The goal is on the edge of his six-yard box and he chips him. And it was unbelievable. But what you did see, and I know we were on about it the other week, football's changed. There's a few where goalies have come out. And nowadays, they'll be getting free kicks. There was one where Lady Littlejohn has just basically jumped into the goalie. <laughs> the, ref, the ref allows it play and Billy Painter taps it in. But what got us well that season is we were playing teams like Brentford and beating them. We, were, yeah. we, we did the double over Chef Wednesday that season. Bournemouth were in the league that season and we beat them. And it just that... shows you how some of the clubs have moved on. There was also clubs like Dagenham and Redbridge who were now non-league. Well, Rushton and Diamonds were in the league that season as well. Rushton and Diamonds, sorry, that's who I was thinking. Yeah, Rushton and Diamonds, last game of the season. Dagenham were as well, weren't they? Yes, they were actually, yeah. yeah. They were. Rushton and Diamonds was the last day of the season and that really that really upset me still. Um, yes. Was And that was the season we were 3-0 up against Swindon. And obviously, yeah. ended up drawing three all, which ultimately we didn't know at the time, but ultimately 
let's be honest, that's the one that probably cost us the playoffs that year. And that's the closest we've been to going back up to the championship. Yeah, and we yeah, we were fantastic that season. Yeah, we were. Sammy Collins, free kick against Stockport. That's Stockport were in the league then. Obviously, they've gone all the way down and back back up now since then. But that was yeah. the one where Sammy Collins hit the free kick and it took 48 deflections on the way in in the 90th minute. I was going to say, I was going to say that that surely doesn't count as one of the goals of the season. <laughs> no, but it was every goal of the season was on there. Ah, uh, yeah. So it was all the goals that were on there. It showed you every game and the goals from every game. And I think that season we only lost twice at home, if I remember right. And what? both of them we conceded five in. Yeah, we got twatted five-one by Plymouth. And was five-two it... by Hartlepool. Was it David Frio? Was was it? Yes, David uh, Frio. Yes, he scored twice. Frenchman. Yeah, David Frio, because he's he's a scout at Man United now, he is. Is he? Yeah. And yes, scored a couple of screamers. And the Hartlepool game, as Tom pointed out on the coach yesterday, they beat us 5-2 at home. The last goal was scored by a substitute, Daryl Clark. Yeah, was it was was it Kenny Ducher? The, oh, the, the other striker at Plymouth at the time. That doesn't ring a bell from yesterday, to be honest. Let me I, I need I need to have a look at this now because I'm pretty sure. They are they 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 are two real good. They're two real good strikers at the time. Here we go. Um, it was the season Johnny Brain got lobbed from the halfway line away at Blackpool. It was Marino Keith is who I was thinking of. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Johnny Brain. Dean Delaney started the season in goal. Then Johnny Brain went in goal. Yeah. Was that Black? Did you say Blackpool away? Wanted to Blackpool away, win. which Tony did in scored for Blackpool. Scored a penalty. <laughs> Was Tyrone Moran there then? Didn't know. If he was, he didn't come up on the highlight show. I'm just thinking, I, I thought that because I thought the game that Brain got lobbed, wind assisted lob, was Tyrone Moran's debut. Um, could have been, could have been, but if he was, I never really noticed him. Yeah. I'm just looking at that starting 11 from the thingy game now, the Plymouth game. It's like Chris Birchall's in it. Yeah, Birchall, he scored well, as I say, Delaney, the starting 11 that's them was Delaney, Pilko, Brightwell, Collins, Brown, Birchall, Leeper, Cummings, Little John, McPhee, and Painter, with Brain, Bridgie, Boyd, Armstrong, and Burns on the bench. Ian Armstrong, what a faller he was. He was great when he was fit for three games a season. Yeah, he, he scored some important goals, though, didn't he? Yeah, obviously, there was a few of us in there. And there was one game, I can't remember the game, where Sammy Collins and Leeper both scored volleys from outside the box. And they were having their own goal of the season competition. Yeah. Lee Probert was ref for that, that Plymouth game. Yes, I noticed him on tally. I noticed him on one. And like players playing against us, the players that have played for us, I think Sam Stockley come up on one. As I say, Tony Dineen, Daryl Clark scored against us the shit house. That goal might be the one that cost us the playoffs because obviously it was an extra one for Hartlepool and one against us. Yeah. He's never spoke about that, has he? No, might have to ask him about that. Yeah, little buggy. Coming off the bench and scored the fifth for them. So I think the game was well and truly over by then. But yeah, some good memories and then some good laps on Phoenix night. Rory Fallon scored for Swindon. Yeah, and he scored earlier in the season for Barnsley against us. He scored really? against us for two clubs that season. I think it was wow. Barnsley. I'm yeah, it was. At... Barnsley. Yeah. Just looking at the 3-3 now. He was on the bench as well. It's a disgrace that Rory Fallon's on the bench. Yeah. That's Sam Parkin as well. Yes, Parkin, he scored against us, yeah. 
Yeah. Might have been Parkin actually that scored against for two different clubs. No, I think it was. It was Fallon. But yeah, it was good anyway. But let's go. It's 10 to 9. I'm getting bed, Johnny. It's been a long weekend and we've yeah. lost an hour. We've, yeah, you have lost an hour. You were up really early as well, weren't you? I was. I was up at six this morning, take me on to the airport. So obviously that was like five without the hour. And I thought I'd get a kip in the day and I just haven't. So I'm getting bed for an early night. Shock horror. <laughs> you go get yourself off, mate. You des- you've deserved it. I have. It's been a long weekend. And for anyone down Burslem towards the end of the week and next weekend, Johnny's will be back open. So get yourselves down Burslem, have a pint in Johnny's. Get yourself to Tom for a carpet, but not till at least dinner time tomorrow because you're going to have a stinking hangover. Um, and his taxis, he'll take your Portsmouth and back. He'll take you where you want. Give Andy a call. And avtiming.com. If you fancy the crew 10K is two weeks today, or if you're listening on Monday, it's less than two weeks. Well, you won't be listening on Sunday, really, will you? But Monday, less than two weeks. Get yourself signed up for the crew 10K or just get yourself fit and sign up for a different 10K. avtiming.com. And that's it for us. We'll be back Wednesday or Thursday, Johnny, one or the other. Yeah, one or the other. We'll have a look. I, I think, was, I thought, I think, was it, didn't, did Stu mention that he could do the Cambridge one? I think he might have done. We all try and get Stu back on, but he's very yeah. elusive. So, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, ch- we'll check in. So we'll see when Stu's free and we'll, we'll, we'll see if we can fit it in and, and whatnot. But if not, yeah, probably, probably record the, yeah, well, Wednesday or Thursday, I don't, I don't know. One of the other, we'll sort it out. We'll be back sometime in the week, so yeah. we'll be back. We'll talk more Vale if there's anything to talk about. And film review, I'm going to cinema Wednesday night, see 65. So, there we go. Yeah. We'll, 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 have, we'll have a film review and we'll we'll keep with a bit more structured football news as well because I had quite quite a couple of um, good good feedback about the fact that we um, we were a bit more structured. So. Yeah, the one feedback we did get and valid point, some people hadn't seen the article, so we do need to actually say what we're talking about and not just assume that people know. So good yeah. feedback, we'll have it. And some good feedback on Tom Shaft. Yeah, some t- good feedback on Tom Shaft. Yeah, but not from his message, it was bad feedback from me. But there we go. We'll be back in the week. Until then, enjoy yourselves, everyone. It's a point closer to 50. Let's get to that 50 mark and then we can properly... Easy for me to say. We can properly relax. But have a good week, everyone. Have an ale and up the veil. So, it's full time from the pod and we've just lost again. And now it's time for a treat. What are you looking for, Bez? Well, I'm looking to who's cost us today. Was it the ref? Was it the players? But whoever it was, cheer yourselves up. Get yourselves to McDonald's. Get yourself a Big Mac tonight and enjoy it through the app. Johnny? Yeah, there we go. So, automate delivery on, on the app. It's at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more details. And don't forget, have an ale and up the veil. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.